Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I'm so grateful for you. I am so blessed for the time that we get to spend together each week here on the radio talking about how you can live and thrive and be a thriving entrepreneur. What a cool job I've got to be able to bring to you things that will up-level you, things that will make a difference in your life and your business and help you truly, truly be free. I want to see you thriving and truly free. I want to see you living exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. And I'm so grateful for the time that we get to spend together each time here on the radio. Today we want to talk about something that is important in every single one of our lives. Whether you're thriving entrepreneur, meaning that you're thriving, running the business of your life, or you run a Fortune 50 company, one thing we all know, and that's that we need consistent money. We need our revenue, our cash flow, the money that both comes into the company, but also the money that comes into our own bank account to be consistent, to be regular, to be predictable, to be something that we have the skills and the knowledge to know how to be able to do over and over and over again, rinse and repeat and do it again powerfully and effectively so that we are making and closing sales. We do have leads coming into us and we are closing those sales, generating revenue and have a business that is more than anything else, making a difference, changing the world one life at a time, doing the thing that you do to be able to just simply be helpful to that person that you can help while it's called today. Such a powerful, impactful kind of thing that you can do. And I've got three great guests here with us today that are each going to talk about a little element of what they do in the world and how that helps them help you create consistent money in your life and in your business. We really need to understand that. Um, I do have a free gift. If you'd like to get it, you can go to ongoingwealthguide.com and pick it up. That's ongoingwealthguide.com. Um, and that is a five-step program for you to live abundantly, for you to have consistent revenue, consistent abundance in your life. Abundance isn't about how many, uh, you know, how many dollars, how much money you've got hidden under the bed, how big your bank account is. Abundance is really about the capability of knowing that when money comes in and when money goes out, that it's going to continue coming in and going out and that you have a plan and a system in place to be able to do that, that you've done the things to maximize that. So you get the best return on the investment that is every moment of your day that you're spending. Um, and so you're more than welcome. I would love for you to go to ongoingwealthguide.com, O-N-G-O-I-N-G-W-E-A-L-T-H 
G-U-I-D-E dot com and get the ongoing wealth guide and let it help you out so that you can have consistent money in your life so that when you put that huge down payment on a house um, and your bank account is looking a lot drabber and drearier than it was the day before it left your bank account, you know that you have the plan to ongoingly be abundant and wealthy. Because today we want to really help you have consistent money, not hit and miss, not uh, I wish I knew how to, but really methods for being a rock star in what you do, for really truly generating consistent money and having the kind of wealth that goes beyond how much money is in your bank and goes down to having a wealthy life and attitude and mindset in all that you do. Ultimately, what does that mean? It means living every day as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's jump in to our first guest. Join me in welcoming Leslie Hensel. Hey, Leslie, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks, Steve. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you here with us. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I have been a seller on Amazon for more than a decade. And more importantly, I have turned that into a bigger business called Riverbend Consulting, where we help sellers on Amazon. Selling on e-commerce platforms is a lot more challenging than most people would think. Um, So we have a whole team that is out there to do nothing but help sellers and make sure that they are bringing in revenue for themselves and their families without hiccups. So do you begin working with people immediately, like when they just wish they could start selling on Amazon, or do you work with people who already have a product, or at what point do you like to engage with them? Most of our clients are already on the Amazon platform. We'll start with, we will work with anyone and start where they are. Um, But most of our folks have been on Amazon long enough that they're either seeing some barriers to growth, they're frustrated because they need some help outsourcing, or because they've got a problem that they do not know how to solve. Um, Amazon is not really great at communicating clearly what they need from sellers And so sometimes they need a translator. So usually you've had a product or two up on Amazon before you run into this problem. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, And yes, Amazon's customer service is um, challenging. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) So That's a nice um, way to put it. Right, right. I was trying to be nice today. So um, when we think about selling stuff on Amazon, what is the one thing that people thinks is going to be easy that really is actually much more challenging than, than they know? Oh my goodness. And you just nailed it right there because I think there has been a dream sold out there that it's a set it and forget it kind of business. Um, there are even companies out there that will tell you that they can automate a solution on Amazon And it's just not the case. If you just set up a listing, set up a product and walk away, there will be problems and you will not be profitable. So what folks don't realize is that either they need to have an eye on their account every day, all the time, or they need a virtual assistant or some other kind of employee who is keeping an eye on things continually. Mm, I love that. So most people are in one of two categories. You have the people who still think of Amazon as only really selling books. 
and you have the people who forget that Amazon still sells books. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you work with both sides of that fence or do you work mostly just with products and not with book sales? So we do have a few booksellers here and there, but I tell you, um, book selling on Amazon has become a very different animal in the last five to seven years. Um, and that's because, you know, if, if for selling new books, it's, it's not really the place to be unless you're actually the publisher of the books. Uh, the booksellers that I know who do great on Amazon, they sell things in very interesting categories. And a lot of them sell lower volume than they used to and just look for things that are really high margin. Um, so we do have a few booksellers who have a few challenges, but most of the stuff that they're selling, people have an expectation that it is used and that the product quality is going to be good, but it's not going to be perfect. Um, where you see more challenges on Amazon is around product quality for new items, which is like everything but books. So is it, uh, I don't know if easy is the right word, but is it better to be somebody who is a product creator, product owner, or is it better to be more in like a drop ship space these days on Amazon? So when you say drop ship, um, there's two Some, ways to be a... Yeah, somebody else's product is drop, you're selling it right. and they're drop shipping it for you. Right. So uh, you have to be careful about drop shipping because there are some scammers out there that will teach people to drop ship from other retailers. So they're actually sourcing the goods from like Home Depot online and that you can't do on Amazon. Um, most of the sellers that I run into that are not private label where they have their own products are still old school retail arbitrage, online arbitrage flippers. So there are folks who are going to retail stores or going to other sites on the internet and buying products and then listing them and selling them, flipping them on Amazon. There is still a lot of that going on. It's not a terrible business model. It just has some challenges. Um, you're definitely limited in your growth by actual physical activity. So I tell a lot of people, a great way to get into Amazon is you do some of that kind of work or buying products from manufacturers and distributors. And then you use the cash flow you build up from that to develop your own product. Long-term, you really wanna have a great business that you can almost put on autopilot, almost on Amazon. Then you're gonna develop your own products and sell them there. That can be a pretty big leap, you know, to go from selling other people's products to actually having a product of your own. I mean, how often do you find people are actually able to move from the other people's creative to their own space? It's a lot more common than you think it is on Amazon. So I go to a lot of conferences. I go visit seller groups. Um, I've talked to seller groups that have 10,000 members that all of those members are people with their own private label products on Amazon. And they are not, you know, you envision in your head, this must be someone who has so much experience in whatever industry. Um, they aren't. They are just enterprising entrepreneurial people who made the leap and decided to learn everything they could and launch their own business. It's, it's truly fascinating now, selling other people's, I always think it's a great idea to start by selling other people's products, though, just so that you learn 
all the systems. You learn how to use Amazon's technology. You learn how to manage your fee structure, how to move the inventory, how to be efficient, how to do ads. Um, if, if you already have some kind of knowledge in all of those areas before you leap into product development, I think you're a lot better off with that knowledge base. Mm, that makes total sense. So what are the drawbacks? What are the things that are the big gotcha that um, you help people navigate through? So the most challenging thing that can happen on Amazon is when they suspend your account or they suspend one of your products. Um, that is scary and difficult. Uh, Amazon kind of has a black box around enforcement. And I'll tell you, a lot of people I speak to assume that if you get a product suspended or an account suspended, it means you're some bad guy. It doesn't. There are a lot of really good quality people um, with good quality businesses who either make mistakes or have product quality problems or just got some really bad complaints against them and end up having products or their account taken down. So that's that's really the scariest, biggest challenge. Uh, the thing people need to understand when they're getting into Amazon is it's the old phrase, begin with the end in mind. You've really got to make sure you have all of the testing information for your product, um, that you've set it up correctly so that if anyone ever asked you for that kind of data, you can provide it. Mm. Absolutely perfect. So let's get into some mechanics. I mean, there's very little we can teach people in the next minute or two, but um, if a person wants to get started, how would they go about best setting up their Amazon store and get it, getting started selling some products? So the biggest challenge is always finding something to sell that doesn't have literally 200 other people selling it so that the price gets dropped and you end up not making any money. So I'm going to tell you my very favorite strategy. Unless you live completely out in the middle of nowhere, there are probably office parks, business parks near where you live. And a great way to get started is to go visit those office parks and find small businesses that are selling their products either to distributors or direct to retail, but have no online presence. Um, I know so many people who have done this and they've found products, even in like the bus business and industrial categories, you can sell a lot of volume on Amazon. So you go to one of those companies and say, hey, I'm willing to manage your presence on Amazon. I'm going to take pictures of your product, create great listings. I want a great wholesale rate on your product. I want to be able to have returns to you. Are you interested? A lot of these small businesses are very intrigued by having another channel. They just don't want to manage it themselves. If you can go out there and find three or four of these businesses, you're going to have so much opportunity without the incredible competition of listing the same things everyone else does. Mm, I love that. Uh, so... Um, there's a lot of places out there. It's kind of terrifying to me how many places now are, you know, promoting their capability of marketing stuff for you on your Amazon store. Um, how careful do we need to be about paying some company to come in and do ads or other types of marketing to drive traffic to our Amazon store? So I tell you, I know some really great PPC ad guys you've got to have some serious budget before it makes sense to use them. And 
You have to understand what they're doing. If, if you personally cannot understand why they've set up the campaigns the way they have, if you don't understand their explanation or try and get the explanation from them, you shouldn't go there because overnight you can lose so much money and your cost of sales be just absolutely through the roof. So it's important to, number one, learn the basics of advertising and marketing for your listings. But then number two, if you do decide to work with an agency, you've got to choose someone who's willing to have very back-to-basics conversations with you and be very open about budgets and how they're spending your money. It can be super dangerous. Sometimes you can actually get more out of some of the basics of your listing, like making sure your keywords are optimized, you have great photos, adding a video, um, some of those get neglected. So be sure that you've done those basic things to make sure you're showing up in search before you just drop a bundle on a PPC ad agency that may or may not really get you what you need back. Now you glossed through a whole bunch of really powerful things there. If you can go back to that little last bit about keywords, photo and video, um, can you expound on that just a little bit more for setting up your, your product properly? Absolutely. So we all know that there are agencies out there, people who specialize in getting uh, products and websites to return on Google. Amazon has that same kind of search engine within amazon.com. It's called the A9. And the A9 decides how to favor different products in search results. It is so important that you play ball with the A9, just like you would play ball with Google on your website. So you have to do research on your keywords, make sure they're the appropriate keywords for your product. You have to have great images. They allow up to seven images. Every single image spot should be used. There's a primary image that's just your product. But after that, there are lifestyle images and lifestyle images. I'll tell you what people want to see. People want to see your product with babies, dogs, and hot women. And that's just reality. People laugh every time I say that. You look through and see what's converting. If you can get your product in photos with babies, dogs, and hot women, you're going to sell more. Also, the text needs to be benefits-oriented, and it needs to have all the keywords, but not be so long that no one is ever going to read it. So you really do have to spend time making sure you've optimized that listing page. And you'll see out there, there are products that all they've got is one photo and two lines of text. And over time, they will always be overtaken by someone who might have a product that's not as big or fancy as of a brand, but they're doing a much better job on their listing optimization. So the perfect photo would be a hot woman holding a baby walking her dog. Right, while wearing your product. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to know. <laughs> All right. I love it. So um, what kind of people do you like to work with and how can they work in more detail with you? So I love to work with sellers of all sizes who sell on Amazon. We also help out folks who are on Walmart, 
eBay and other selling platforms where they're having challenges. Um, anyone who's reached a barrier to their growth and they need some great, highly trained VA help, anyone who's having problems that they do not know how to solve, they can find us at riverbendconsulting.com. And here's something innovative, Steve. We have a phone number on our page and people actually answer the phone to talk to you about your challenges, which is shocking these days. And you can also head on over to LinkedIn and search for Leslie Hensel. And I post new content about Amazon all the time. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you, Steve. It was great. Amazon is a great product. And if you have a product to sell, you absolutely do need to have a presence on Amazon. But you need to also understand there is a process and a system in order to make Amazon work. And so if that is one of your revenue streams, absolutely, Leslie is one of the go-to people you need to help you create consistent money in your life. And Amazon will definitely step in and help you have that consistent revenue. And then in your business, you can be a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about consistent money. How can you consistently generate money in your life and in your business? We have another great guest that we're going to talk to now that's going to help you look at the lead generation aspect of your business and see how you can get consistent in that area as well. With that said, let's jump right into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Robin Singby. Hey, Robin, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. So, Steve, uh, my name is Robin Singby. I'm the founder of SmartQ. Uh, before we speak about SmartQ, um, I'd like to give perhaps a quick background about me and why I decided to start SmartQ. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So I have a computer science degree uh, from India, and then I moved to the U.S. to get my MBA from Willamette University in Salem, Oregon. Post that, I spent about 10 plus years with startups of various sizes, all in the B2B SaaS space, selling to enterprise clients. 
my roles at these companies were primarily at the intersection of sales and product. So say a, a solution consultant or a solutions architect. I was always part of the sales function though. So now as part of my role as a solution consultant, my team and I were responsible for sales training, which uh, nowadays has transformed into the buzzy term of sales enablement. Now, back then it was just sales training or sales readiness. But even then I watched as my reps struggled to do justice to the products or solutions we were selling. They were doing very vanilla cookie cutter demos and pitches. My team and I, we implemented a number of different solutions, whether it was LMS solutions or product walkthrough tools, but none of them really worked in ensuring that we had consistent product demos that were tailored to the buyer's pain points. Uh, the big aha moment for me was uh, when I heard one of the reps say, hey, you know, these efficiency tools that you're trying to implement are only improving the efficiency of the folks that we report to. But for, for me, it only adds friction to my workflow. Now, fast forward to 2020, you know, the pandemic hit, virtual selling became so much more commonplace. And a side effect, and I would say a good side effect, was that reps could no longer, you know, just wine and dine or schmooze their prospects uh, to a deal. They had a short, you know, 30-minute impersonal cold Zoom call to convince their prospects that their solution or product solves the prospect's pain points. And now because of this, the product had to shine. Product demos were now going to be an even more crucial piece in the sales reps arsenal. That essentially was the perfect storm for me to try and solve this problem of consistent yet personalized product demos. So I went back to first principles, figured out what I needed to solve. Uh, and I, what I realized was that was that I really needed to make it extremely easy for reps to deliver product demos. That's when it all clicked for me. If we are to build any efficiency product for sales teams, the bedrock needed to be, how do we reduce or eliminate friction in the sales reps workflow? And that's what culminated into SmartQ. And SmartQ in its current form, you can think of it simply as uh, you know, a teleprompter or a library of demos for your reps tailored to their buyer persona or their prospects pain points. I'm going to pause there and see if you have any questions, Steve. No questions so far. Okay, perfect. So, so that that's my journey, Steve, about how I sort of came about to, to starting SmartQ. Well, perfect. So, um, you know, now that you've had SmartQ and you've been doing it for a while, um, how are things mm -hmm. going for you? Yes. So I started SmartQ just about a year ago. Um, we've, we put our MVP out in the market, uh, got validation from some of our initial pilot customers. Based on that, we went out and raised a small pre-seed round. Uh, this past September, we launched on Product Hunt, and you know we were really excited to actually be product of the day on Product Hunt. Um, and what that led to was a ton of inbound inquiries, a number of prospects, and and a number of pilots that we're running right now. And as a result, we are getting ready to raise our seed round. Uh, 
in the first quarter of the next year. Not the greatest time, um, but I think with the kind of traction we're seeing, with the kind of conversations we're having and the value we're adding for our prospects, uh, I think we might just do okay because I think we've validated that there's a problem that needs to be solved and that businesses are willing to pay to solve that problem. So that's that's where we are right now. We're a small team, um, very, very lean, um, and, and, and we're trying to scale very mindfully as opposed to burning a ton of cash. Uh, but yeah, that's, 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 we were, that's where we are. So help us understand some of the nuances. I mean, you have the fully uncustomized version where for each and every customer, you make a custom, say, Loom video for them, um, all the way to the completely uh, automated version where you just made one video and every time somebody... Uh, you know, gets a hold of you, you just send them that generic video. Give me some examples of how yours fits in and how it helps out a little better. Yeah. Okay. I think that, that that's a great question. And um, the way SmartQ works, it is it helps sales teams build a library of personalized demos for their buyers, right? Uh, as opposed to a set of videos, SmartQ actually works with your live product demo. So as you as a rep are giving your product demo, SmartQ runs on the side for the presenter and contextually gives you the right cues of how you are supposed to message whatever part or feature or module of your product you are showcasing to your customer. These uh, libraries are actually built by the function inside of an enterprise sales team that that traditionally would own product demos, right? So it could it could range from product marketing teams to sales enablement teams to a lot of the times product teams themselves. And reps essentially will simply access the library um, as a Chrome extension and simply fire up a specific demo that they need based on the prospect or the buyer persona that they're speaking with. Does that help clarify that a little bit more? Yes, a little bit. So um, how does it, just going even a little bit deeper in it, how do you get away from the concept of the uh, potential client feeling like the person is just reading to them off of the screen and doesn't really know what the heck they're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that's a very fair point. And uh, with SmartQ, we're, we're trying to, one, ensure that you're not showcasing a prototype of your product or a video or, you know, uh, a demo version of your product. You want to fire up your actual product, which is the first thing that you know, builds a little bit of trust with your customer that you're showcasing the real deal to them. And with SmartQ, it, it, it isn't necessarily something that, you know, you read off of. It acts as a smart assistant that just gives you that, hey, you know what, when you're showcasing perhaps the analytics part of your product to a SaaS company, these are the four key points that you need to hit. As a sales rep, you know how to articulate those four points. Uh, you don't have to necessarily read off of a script, right? So it just ensures that 
as a rep, you have all the information handy that you need to really drive home the point about how your product solves the pain point or the needs of your prospect without trying to convert you into a, you know, telecaller that is reading off of a fully baked script. And you know that no matter what you ask them, they will still, you know, use the same script. With SmartQ, you can actually jump anywhere in the product that you need to based on the questions that your customer asks. And SmartQ will still contextually give you the cues or the bullet points that are relevant to wherever you've gone to the product. So it doesn't straight jacket reps into showcasing the product a certain way or messaging it in exactly the same way. It just ensures that the key points, the key selling points for your product that are relevant to that specific buyer persona or that industry or that use case are available to you at all times. I'm sure some of the listeners are wondering uh, some of the things that you've learned that you wish you would have known now that you've been 10 plus years in startup space. What are the things you know now that you wish you would have known before starting your first startup? <laughs> so, so yes, uh, SmartQ is my first startup. And the first thing that I, uh, I realized was working in a startup, no matter how early you get in, is very different from founding and running a startup, right? As an, as an employee, you no matter how small it is, you are still responsible for a function or a set of functions. Uh, whereas as a founder, and especially as a solo founder like myself, uh, there are at any given point in time, a few hundred things on your to-do list that you're trying to get through. So uh, one thing that I've, uh, realized over the past year that I actually talk about and advise uh, other folks who are trying to get into this space is if you can get a co-founder, it is always a little bit easier to have a partner in crime, so to speak, uh, especially when you're on this journey of building a company there are so many unknowns. Um, the highs are extremely high and the lows are devastatingly low. And to have uh, someone who is going through that journey just like you uh, becomes extremely critical. Um, of course, there are pros of being a, a solo founder as well, but uh, I suppose the grass is always greener on the other side, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that, you know, if we had you in a panel discussion with somebody that had the other experience, they'd be like, whatever mm -hmm. you do, don't have a part. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that's the case. And I've actually heard that from, from um, you know, other founders who've had like acrimonious uh, splits with their co-founders. They're like, never again, I'm just going to do it on my own. So, um I know you said you're kind of still in seed round and stuff like that, but if people wanted to use the product, it's it's available and something people could actually, uh, you know, begin using with their company now. Yes, they absolutely can. Uh, we we launched officially in September, so we've been out in the market for a couple of months now. People can absolutely go on to the website, sign up for the free trial, and if they like what they see they can then upgrade to any of the plans that, that appeal to them and to their 
organization's use case. Uh, as of this week, actually, uh, with Thanksgiving and Black Friday and whatnot, we actually also launched on AppSumo. Uh, and, and there's a special running on there. So you can sign up for a lifetime deal uh, for SmartQ. So, so yes, absolutely available for everyone to use the products ready for prime time. Perfect. Love that. And can you um, help specify, be a little more clear as to who would be the, the best people to be, uh, you know, looking at that and going and getting your product? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, there are three key personas uh, who I think will get immense value out of the product. One is uh, your sales rep. And all, all of these personas are, are typically geared towards uh, enterprise customers or uh, folks that are selling complex software, right? So, so sales rep that, that are selling complex software will get a lot of value out of using SmartQ. Sales engineers or sales engineering teams or sales enablement teams also see a lot of value from SmartQ because they are the ones that traditionally have spent a lot of time, energy, effort, and resources trying to create, maintain, and update these demo libraries and collaterals around demos, right? And finally, uh, sales managers or sales leaders, uh, they, they are seeing value from SmartQ because Traditionally, you you knew that you know your your reps are doing X number of demos a week or X number of demos a month, but what what you did not have insight into is that in that in those meetings, how much time did reps spend showcasing the product or doing the demo? In addition, to dive deeper, they also don't know that when they're showcasing the product are they actually following the sales playbook or the demo playbook and showcasing and positioning the product consistently or not, right? The only way they could actually do that is by listening to call recordings, which if you think of a, a, even a medium-sized sales uh, organization, you at, at 10 reps doing, you know, even 10 demos a week, that's a lot of recordings for sales leaders to go through to understand what each rep is doing right or wrong, and then trying to action on that insight. With Smart with SmartQ, that becomes extremely effective and efficient, right? So, so these, are, these are the three sort of broad uh, personas or functions that we're seeing are getting a lot of value out of SmartQ. We're also seeing, you know, product marketing teams use us and customer success teams use us, but those are uh, a smaller set of our uh, customer base right now. So you have several different contacts here, but for somebody that wants yeah. more information, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you and find out more? Yeah, so they can go to the website, getsmartq.com. Uh, they can drop me an email directly um, through the website or send an email to sales at getsmartq.com. We have a live chat that we try to monitor uh, at most hours uh, and, and they can get in touch with us there as well. And of course, we're on all of the social media platforms, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn, and we're fairly active and responsive to our, our customers and prospects. And that is 
getsmartq.com. That's G-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-C-U-E.com. Robin, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Absolutely, Steve. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Consistently demoing your product, talking to people, having leads is one of the key functions to be able to have that consistent money in your life. And when you have that, you will be a thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about consistent money. We've talked about places we can sell, how we can get consistent leads and demos. Now we just need to bring it all together and learn how to be a revenue rock star, how to have that consistent money in everything that we do. So with that said, let's listen to the advice of our last guest for today. Join me in welcoming John Livesey. Hey, John, how are you doing today? Great, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here with us today. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, you know how there's so many sales teams out there in healthcare and technology that are struggling to not be seen as a commodity and they get burnt out when they come in second place against competitors when they're pitching to be their choice. I come in as the pitch whisperer and show them how to tell stories that tug on heartstrings so people open purse strings. And after hiring me as a keynote speaker at their events or working with me, they become revenue rock stars. All right. Um, so define for us, uh, what does it look like to be a revenue rock star? A revenue rock star is someone who exceeds their goals and doesn't have a lot of excuses why they're not making their quotas. And the magic part of it is they don't feel pushy. Because when you tell a story, you become magnetic. And what people don't realize is there's the meeting after the meeting. Let's say somebody hears you pitch anything and they usually, you know, interview at least two or three other people or vendors, whatever you want to call it. And then they have another meeting and they go, well, what'd you think? They all sound the same. I guess we should go with the cheapest. But if you're the person that's told a story that they can remember and repeat then they want to go on the journey with you and price goes out the window because you're 
tapping into why they want to do something in the first place. And you've taken them on a, an emotional journey and people buy emotionally and then back it up with logic. So if you tug at those heartstrings, as I said, that makes you a revenue rock star because the results just come in after that. So what do you say to the people who say, uh, you know, tugging at heartstrings and being all emotional like that is, um, you know, coercion or other types of words like that? How do you respond to people like that? Well, I think uh, coercion, manipulation is really just another form of the old perception of a salesperson being very pushy, kind of what used car salesmen used to have. And it happens if your stories are authentic and heartfelt, because at the end of the day, Steve, people are buying your energy and people can tell if you're authentic or not. And if you have their best interests at heart or not. So if you're simply sharing a story of why you got into whatever your business is or a story of someone else you've helped, to me, that's not at all manipulative, but in fact, doing what people love, which is to hear stories. That's we grew up with stories. It's literally in our DNA. And if you're known as a storyteller, it doesn't mean you're manipulating anybody. You're in fact, you're giving them a solution that they might not even know they need. Absolutely. So, you know, there are some people that are just very, just the facts, ma'am. If you remember that from yes. back in the dragnets, um, mm-hmm. how do you help a person who is so in love with all of the facts and figures of their business to take that first step to also being vulnerable and sharing their heart and soul with people. Uh, you're talking about buyers pretending that they only want to know the facts. Well, um, no, I was meaning a, the presenter. Oh, the salesperson. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a salesperson and you think, um, I just need to present facts. It's so logical. Why aren't people buying? I'm logical. Um, here's the newsflash. The world has changed. Nobody needs a salesperson to get them facts and figures. All of that information, even if you're a real estate person, all that's available for everyone. There's used to be, you know, oh, we're the only ones that have access to the multiple listing services or, you know, we, you don't have access to the speeds and feeds of our product. We're the only ones that can tell you that that's not the case anymore. And so what people are looking for is, something that makes you stand out. Otherwise you're just going to be drowning in a sea of sameness is all you have in your toolbox are the facts and figures. You end up boring people and they forget 40% of what you say after 20 minutes. But if you tell a story and I'll give you an example, if you'd like of this in action. So I was working with the medical sales team and they said, you know, we have a product that makes surgeries go 30% faster. And we just don't understand why the doctors aren't buying it. I said, well, that's a fact. There's no emotional connection there. There's no story. I found out some details about what 30% faster actually meant. And so here's the little case story instead of a case study that they tell. Imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was six months ago using our equipment when he could go out to the patient's family in the waiting room an hour earlier than expected. And if you've ever waited for someone you love to come out of surgery, you know every minute feels like an hour. And the doctor put them out of their waiting misery and said, good news, the scope shows they don't have cancer. And then turned to the rep and said, you know, that's why I became a doctor for moments like this. Now that rep tells that story to another doctor at another hospital. And the secret here, Steve, is that other doctor sees himself in the story and nine times out of 10 and says, that's why I became a doctor. I want your equipment too. Mm, I love that. Such a great example, too, of something that is very 
facts and figures driven, uh, you know, that you can help bring that emotion in. Yeah, the client said it gives them chills. Not only were they not telling a story, it never occurred to them to make a patient's family a character in the story. And you see how I pulled you into the story by saying, if you've ever waited for someone you love, and even if you haven't, you probably know somebody who did, or you can imagine what that would feel like. And so the doctor is the hero in the story, not the rep, not the equipment. And all of that framework really helps people learn how to become a storyteller, which the good news is, if you follow uh, the structure I have in the sale is in the tale, you can in fact learn to become a better storyteller than you currently are. And most importantly, have people see themselves in that story. Okay. So I know that one of the biggest drawbacks and all of us tend to fall into it, even when we're good storytellers is we tend to be so in love with the information mm -hmm. that we think we're telling a story, but we're really just, uh, you know, trying to weave a story that is, here's all the facts. <laughs> How uh, do we get yeah. beyond that? You know what I mean? Well, I think the easiest way to get away from that is just use my three C's. The first C is ask yourself and practice these stories in front of coworkers and friends. Is it clear? If it's not clear, the confused mind with a bunch of acronyms is just going to say no, but they're not going to tell you they're confused. So you must make your story clear. The second is it compelling? Is there some emotion in there? If the story doesn't have high stakes, we don't care what's going on. And finally, is it concise? Why does it need to be concise? That's a big challenge for most people. Again, so that people can remember it and repeat it to other decision makers. Mm, I love that. Give us those three C's again, just in case somebody sure. was writing them down and they didn't get to them quick yep. enough. Clear, concise, and compelling. Love that. Mm. All right. So um, somebody's going to ask, because they always do, what's the downside to telling a story instead of doing it another way? Well, I think there's plenty of downside to not telling a story, <laughs> which is you bore people. They forget what you said. You're seen as a commodity. The only downside that I've ever experienced in telling a story or seeing other people is that they didn't practice their story. And it's not either it's not clear, it's not concise, or it's not compelling. So you must have that structure to it uh, and a checklist to make sure the stories you're telling are, in fact, the, have all that going for it. And if you're using that, um, you're never going to feel pushy. And that's what causes us to burn out. We feel like all we're doing is pushing out facts and figures all day. But if you're sharing your own personal stories and the stories of other people you've helped, that energizes you and that keeps you going. Okay, so, you know, to quote the old phrase, it's impossible to read the label of the jar that you're on the yeah. inside of. Um, how often does a person just need somebody outside of themselves to help them move beyond that telling to sharing, if you will? I think we all need it all the time. Um, that's why I was encouraging people, you know, if you think you have a good story, practice it with your coworkers, people you trust. Um, ask them, is it clear? Is it concise? Is it compelling? Did you get confused anywhere along the way? Do you think you could remember and repeat that? So um, it's think of yourself like an athlete or a, a performer on Broadway. Those people practice and rehearse before they get up on stage or get out in the field and play. And you need to think of these meetings as your Olympic moment or your Super Bowl. 
And that requires feedback and coaching to make sure that the stories you're telling are the best ones they can be. So, uh, I mean, obviously everybody needs it, but if you got to pick out your perfect person to work with, what kind of people do you like to work with? My favorite kind of people to work with are those in healthcare and tech sales because they have all these great products, but they tend to be pushing out speeds and feeds and getting caught in the numbers. And when I dig around and uncover that um, actual story that they start selling with, instead of pushing out numbers, the impact is huge. It changes the whole culture. They become a, you know, I've had one client create a whole repository where all the case stories live and people can borrow other people's stories if they don't have a story that would be a good one to tell to somebody. So um, once I get to work with healthcare people or tech companies, that really is where my sweet spot is. But I've worked with other companies and insurances and even architects and law firms um, to figure out what's the story that makes you stand out and makes people want to pick you. I love that so much. I, I used to call that trans uh, translating tech back into human. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And what they realize and that, you know, let's talk about your own personal story. I think that's what most people forget. They jump right into the product and then it's usually facts and no story. But, you know, people buy from people. And so if you tell a, a short little story of origin of how you got into becoming an architect, I was working with one client and he said, oh, it's 11 years old. I play with Legos. Now I have a son that's 11. I play with Legos with him. I still have passion for this. Uh, and the woman, I said, where did you work before this architecture firm? She said, oh, I was in the Israeli army. And I said, okay, I bet you learned about focus and discipline. And since you'd be the person in charge of making sure this project came on time and under budget, you've got the perfect background. Well, those little personal stories of origin create rapport way above the traditional, let's talk about the weather or sports or something. And then you can ask your potential client to tell you their story of origin. How did you get into this business, whatever the business is? And you start connecting with people on a human level. So storytelling works from start to finish. So I know there are people that want to go deeper with you on this. Um, what are some ways that people can get both the free help as well as uh, direct help with you. Sure. Well, I have a free gift for everyone listening. If you take out your phone and text the word pitch with a P, P-I-T-C-H, to this number, 66866, you get the first chapter of my book, The Sale is in the Tale, for free. And if you like it, obviously, you can then buy it on Audible with me narrating it or you know buy the book itself and hold it in your hand, depending on how you like to consume content. And then, obviously, if anybody's interested in working with me as a keynote speaker at an upcoming meeting, they can reach out to me and we can explore what their objectives are and how getting that team to become storytellers could make a difference in the bottom line. I love that so much. John, just to, before we go, give us some words of encouragement about um, how powerful, you know, because all of us go into our own brain and then we're like, well, nobody's interested in what I've been through. I'm not that anything special. Mm. Give us some words of encouragement about how important each of our own stories are to others. No one has your story. And that's what makes you unique. And the wonderful thing about your story is there's probably a universal truth in there that someone will identify with. For me, I shared some stories recently on Instagram about having to wear husky pants when I was 10 years old and how I've held on to that image and that shame and guilt 
throughout my whole life, even though I'm not wearing husky pants at the moment. But I certainly put a lot of weight on during the pandemic. And when I share those kinds of personal stories on my Instagram, the Pitch Whisperers, the handle, a lot of people really relate to that. So I just want to encourage everyone to realize that when you are vulnerable and authentic, that's how you form emotional connections with people. I love that so much. Well, John, um, are there specific um, email addresses or anything that appear uh, or URLs that people can go to to learn more about you? Yeah, my website is my name, John Livesey, L-I-V is in Victor, E-S-A-Y.com. And if you can't remember any of that, just Google the Pitch Whisperer and all my content will show up that way. Love it. John, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks, Steve. You can do it. You can be a revenue rock star. You can do the things that only you can do. Make the difference in the world that only you can make. You can create consistent money in your life and in your business and be the person that you're meant to be. Do the things that you're meant to do. I believe in you. I know you're going to do it. It's going to be so amazing and incredible as you take what we've learned today and all the other things that you do and really truly thrive in all that you do. Because as I tell you every week, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. You need to understand that in order to have consistent money, you need to do the things that are working consistently and be able to step away from the things that don't work so that you can be the revenue rock star. You can sell your stuff on Amazon. You can have consistent leads and demos that show up and really effectively convert for the people that you're meant to serve. You can live thriving and truly free, maximizing while it's called today to be exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or even think because you're worth it. You're worthy. You're amazing. You're incredible and powerful, and you're going to get it done as you take today and be the best you that you can be while it's called today and live as a thriving entrepreneur. I want that for you. I look forward to hearing how that's serving and playing out in your life. Until we're together again next time, I hope that you are happy, safe, warm, and loved, that you know how amazing you are, that you live as a thriving entrepreneur, and that throughout all of this week, you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. 
Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.